Chapter Ten of A Legend of Montrose. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. A Legend of Montrose by Sir Walter Scott. Chapter Ten. Dark on their journey, Lord the gloomy day wild were the hills and doubtful grew the way more dark more gloomy and more doubtful showed the mansion which received them from the road the travellers a romance angus macaulay was charged with a message which he seemed to find some difficulty in communicating for it was not till after he had framed his speech several different ways and blundered them all that he succeeded in letting sir duncan campbell know that the cavalier who was to accompany him was waiting in readiness and that all was prepared for his return to inverary sir duncan campbell rose up very indignantly the affront which this message implied immediately driving out of his recollection the sensibility which had been awakened by the music i little expected this he said looking indignantly at angus macaulay i little thought that there was a chief in the west highlands who at the pleasure of a saxon would have bid the knight of ardenvor leave his castle when the sun was declining from the meridian and ere the second cup had been filled but farewell sir the food of a churl does not satisfy the appetite when i next revisit darnlinvarach it shall be with a naked sword in one hand and a firebrand in the other and if you so come said angus i pledge myself to meet you fairly though you brought five hundred campbells at your back and to afford you and them such entertainment that you shall not again complain of the hospitality of darnlinvarach threatened men said sir duncan live long your turn for gasconading laird of macaulay is too well known that men of honour should regard your vaunts to you my lord and to allan who have supplied the place of my churlish host i leave my thanks and to you pretty mistress he said addressing annot lyle this little token for having opened a fountain which hath been dry for many a year so saying he left the apartment and commanded his attendants to be summoned angus macaulay equally embarrassed and incensed at the charge of inhospitality which was the greatest possible affront to a highlander did not follow sir duncan to the courtyard where mounting his palfrey which was in readiness followed by six mounted attendants and accompanied by the noble captain dalgetty who had also awaited him holding gustavus ready for action though he did not draw his girths and mount till sir duncan appeared the whole cavalcade left the castle the journey was long and toilsome but without any of the extreme privations which the laird of macaulay had prophesied in truth sir duncan was very cautious to avoid those nearer and more secret paths by means of which the county of argyle was accessible from the eastward for his relation and chief the marquis was used to boast that he would not for a hundred thousand crowns any mortal should know the passes 
by which an armed force could penetrate into his country sir duncan campbell therefore rather shunned the highlands and falling into the low country made for the nearest seaport in the vicinity where he had several half-decked galleys or burlings as they were called at his command in one of these they embarked with gustavus in company who was so seasoned to adventure that land and sea seemed as indifferent to him as to his master the wind being favourable they pursued their way rapidly with sails and oars and early the next morning it was announced to captain dalgetty then in a small cabin beneath the hull-deck that the galley was under the walls of sir duncan campbell's castle ardenvor accordingly rose high above him when he came upon the deck of the galley it was a gloomy square tower of considerable size and great height situated upon a headland projecting into the salt-water lake or arm of the sea which they had entered on the preceding evening a wall with flanking towers at each angle surrounded the castle to landward but towards the lake it was built so near the brink of the precipice as only to leave room for a battery of seven guns designed to protect the fortress from any insult from that side although situated too high to be of any effectual use according to the modern system of warfare the eastern sun rising behind the old tower flung its shadow far on the lake darkening the deck of the galley on which captain dalgetty now walked waiting with some impatience the signal to land sir duncan campbell as he was informed by his attendants was already within the walls of the castle but no one encouraged the captain's proposal of following him ashore until as they stated they should receive the direct permission or order of the knight of ardenvor in a short time afterwards the mandate arrived while a boat with a piper in the bow bearing the knight of ardenvor's crest in silver upon his left arm and playing with all his might the family march entitled the campbells are coming approached to conduct the envoy of montrose to the castle of ardenvor the distance between the galley and the beach was so short as scarce to require the assistance of the eight sturdy rowers in bonnets short coats and trews whose efforts sent the boat to the little creek in which they usually landed before one could have conceived that it had left the side of the burling two of the boatmen in spite of dalgetty's resistance horsed the captain on the back of a third highlander and wading through the surf with him landed him high and dry upon the beach beneath the castle rock in the face of this rock there appeared something like the entrance of a low-browed cavern towards which the assistants were preparing to hurry our friend dalgetty when shaking himself loose from them with some difficulty he insisted upon seeing gustavus safely landed before he proceeded one step farther the highlanders could not comprehend what he meant until one who had picked up a little english or rather lowland scotch exclaimed howts it's about her horse to useless base farther remonstrance on the part of captain dalgetty was interrupted by the appearance of sir duncan campbell himself 
from the mouth of the cavern which we have described for the purpose of inviting captain dalgetty to accept of the hospitality of ardenvohr pledging his honour at the same time that gustavus should be treated as became the hero from whom he derived his name not to mention the important person to whom he now belonged notwithstanding this satisfactory guarantee captain dalgetty would still have hesitated such was his anxiety to witness the fate of his companion gustavus had not two highlanders seized him by the arms two more pushed him on behind while a fifth exclaimed how awa with the daft sassenach does she no hear the laird bidden her up to ain castle with her special voice and isn't that very mickle honour for the like o her thus impelled captain dalgetty could only for a short space keep a reverted eye towards the galley in which he had left the partner of his military toils in a few minutes afterwards he found himself involved in the total darkness of a staircase which entering from the low-browed cavern we have mentioned winded upwards through the entrails of the living rock the cursed highland salvages muttered the captain half aloud what is to become of me if gustavus the namesake of the invincible lion of the protestant league should be lamed among their untenty hands have no fear of that said the voice sir duncan who was nearer to him than he imagined my men are accustomed to handle horses both in embarking and dressing them and you will soon see gustavus as safe as when you last dismounted from his back captain dalgetty knew the world too well to offer any farther remonstrance whatever uneasiness he might suppress within his own bosom a step or two higher up the stair showed light and a door and an iron-grated wicket led him out upon a gallery cut in the open face of the rock extending a space of about six or eight yards until he reached a second door where the path re-entered the rock and which was also defended by an iron portcullis an admirable traverse observed the captain and if commanded by a field-piece or even a few muskets quite sufficient to ensure the place against a storming party sir duncan campbell made no answer at the time but the moment afterwards when they had entered the second cavern he struck with the stick which he had in his hand first on the one side and then on the other of the wicket and the sullen ringing sound which replied to the blows made captain dalgetty sensible that there was a gun placed on each side for the purpose of raking the gallery through which they had passed although the embrasures through which they might be fired on occasion were masked on the outside with sods and loose stones having ascended the second staircase they found themselves again on an open platform and gallery exposed to a fire both of musketry and wall-guns if being come with hostile intent they had ventured farther a third flight of steps cut in the rock like the former but not caverned over led them finally into the battery at the foot of the tower this last stair also was narrow and steep and not to mention the fire which might be directed on it from above one or two resolute men 
with pikes and battle-axes could have made the pass good against hundreds for the staircase would not admit two persons abreast and was not secured by any sort of balustrade or railing from the sheer and abrupt precipice on the foot of which the tide now rolled with a voice of thunder so that under the jealous precautions used to secure this ancient celtic fortress a person of weak nerves and a brain liable to become dizzy might have found it something difficult to have achieved the entrance to the castle even supposing no resistance had been offered captain dalgetty too old a soldier to feel such tremors had no sooner arrived in the courtyard than he protested to god the defences of sir duncan's castle reminded him more of the notable fortress of spandeau situated in the march of brandenburg than of any place whilk it had been his fortune to defend in the course of his travels nevertheless he criticised considerably the mode of placing the guns on the battery we have noticed observing that where cannon were perched like the scarts or seagulls on the top of a rock he had ever observed that they astonished more by their noise than they dismayed by the scathe or damage which they occasioned sir duncan without replying conducted the soldier into the tower the defences of which were a portcullis an iron-clenched oaken door the thickness of the wall being the space between them he had no sooner arrived in a hall hung with tapestry than the captain prosecuted his military criticism it was indeed suspended by the sight of an excellent breakfast of which he partook with great avidity but no sooner had he secured this meal than he made the tour of the apartment examining the ground around the castle very carefully from each window in the room he then returned to his chair and throwing himself back into it at his length stretched out one manly leg and tapping his jack-boot with the riding-rod which he carried in his hand after the manner of a half-bred man who affects ease in the society of his betters he delivered his unasked opinion as follows this house of yours now sir duncan is a very pretty defensible sort of a tenement and yet it is hardly such as a cavaliero of honour would expect to maintain his credit by holding out for many days for sir duncan if it pleases you to notice your house is overcrowed and slighted or commanded as we military men say by yonder round hillock to the landward whereon an enemy might stell such a battery of cannon as would make ye glad to beat a chamade within forty-eight hours unless it pleased the lord extraordinarily to show mercy there is no road replied sir duncan somewhat shortly by which cannon can be brought against ardenvor the swamps and morasses around my house would scarce carry your horse and yourself excepting by such paths as could be rendered impassable within a few hours sir duncan said the captain it is your pleasure to suppose so and yet we martial men say that where there is a sea-coast there is always a naked side seeing that cannon and munition where they cannot be transported by land may be right easily brought by sea near to the place where they are to be put in action 
neither is a castle however secure in its situation to be accounted altogether invincible or as they say impregnable for i protest to ye sir duncan that i have known twenty-five men by the mere surprise and audacity of the attack when at point of pike as strong a hold as this of ardenvor and put to the sword captivate or hold to the ransom the defenders being ten times their own number notwithstanding sir duncan campbell's knowledge of the world and his power of concealing his internal emotion he appeared piqued and hurt at these reflections which the captain made with the most unconscious gravity having merely selected the subject of conversation as one upon which he thought himself capable of shining and as they say of laying down the law without exactly recollecting that the topic might not be equally agreeable to his landlord to cut this matter short said sir duncan with an expression of voice and countenance somewhat agitated it is unnecessary for you to tell me captain dalgetty that a castle may be stormed if it is not valorously defended or surprised if it is not heedfully watched i trust this poor house of mine will not be found in any of these predicaments should even captain dalgetty himself choose to beleaguer it for all that sir duncan answered the persevering commander i would premonish you as a friend to trace out a sconce upon that round hill with a good graph or ditch whilk may be easily accomplished by compelling the labour of the boars in the vicinity it being the custom of the valorous gustavus adolphus to fight as much by the spade and shovel as by sword pike and musket also i would advise you to fortify the said sconce not only by a fusi or graf but also by certain stackets or palisades here sir duncan becoming impatient left the apartment the captain following him to the door and raising his voice as he retreated until he was fairly out of hearing the whelk stackets or palisades should be artificially framed with re-entering angles and loopholes or crenelles for musketry whereof it shall arise that the foeman the highland brute the old highland brute they are as proud as peacocks and as obstinate as tups and here he has missed an opportunity of making his house as pretty an irregular fortification as an invading army ever broke their teeth upon but i see he continued looking down from the window upon the bottom of the precipice they have got gustavus safe ashore proper fellow i would know that toss of his head among a whole squadron i must go to see what they are to make of him he had no sooner reached however the court to the seaward and put himself in the act of descending the staircase than two highland sentinels advancing their lochaber axes gave him to understand that this was a service of danger diavolo said the soldier and i have got no password i could not speak a syllable of their savage gibberish and it were to save me from the provost marshal i will be your surety captain dalgetty said sir duncan who had again approached him without his observing from whence and we will go together 
and see how your favourite charger is accommodated he conducted him accordingly down the staircase to the beach and from thence by a short turn behind a large rock which concealed the stables and other offices belonging to the castle captain dalgetty became sensible at the same time that the side of the castle to the land was rendered totally inaccessible by a ravine partly natural and partly scarped with great care and labour so as to be only passed by a drawbridge still however the captain insisted notwithstanding the triumphant air with which sir duncan pointed out his defences that a sconce should be erected on drumsnab the round eminence to the east of the castle in respect the house might be annoyed from thence by burning buckets full of fire shot out of cannon according to the curious invention of stephen bathian king of poland whereby that prince utterly ruined the great muscovite city of moscow this invention captain dalgetty owned he had not yet witnessed but observed that it would give him particular delectation to witness the same put to the proof against ardenvor or any other castle of similar strength observing that so curious an experiment could not but afford the greatest delight to all admirers of the military art sir duncan campbell diverted this conversation by carrying the soldier into his stables and suffering him to arrange gustavus according to his own will and pleasure after this duty had been carefully performed captain dalgetty proposed to return to the castle observing it was his intention to spend the time betwixt this and dinner which he presumed would come upon the parade about noon in burnishing his armour which having sustained some injury from the sea air might he was afraid seem discreditable in the eyes of Macallum moore yet while they were returning to the castle he failed not to warn sir duncan campbell against the great injury he might sustain by any sudden onfall of an enemy whereby his horses cattle and granaries might be cut off and consumed to his great prejudice wherefore he again strongly conjured him to construct a sconce upon the round hill called drumsnab and offered his own friendly services in lining out the same to this disinterested advice sir duncan only replied by ushering his guest to his apartment and informing him that the tolling of the castle bell would make him aware when dinner was ready End of chapter ten